The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Is this thing on? Never get enough volume. And apparently I'm running out of co-hosts because it's just me this evening. But, Tracy, you'll have to fill the role of co-host this evening. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's really big shoes to fill and I'm not sure that I'm capable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in case people's wondering, back by popular demand, we have Pastor Tracy Bone. She's a pastor at Christ Church in Okeechobee, Florida. Did I get that right? Right. Oh, dang it! I get you. Cons- <laughs> I get you confused with the Calvinists. Over there. Dang it! <laughs> okay. Well, now I've got to leave this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, we're non-denominational. So we love the Calvinists. You love them just too. Like we love the Lutherans and the Methodists and the Episcopalians. <laughs> I won't tell you what rank we have them at, but we love them all. <laughs> but there is a rank. See, you're saying there is a rank. <laughs> Very good. No rank. No rank. No rank. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I, I do. I, some of my Calvinist buddies. There's there's one up in a town close to here, Morgantown, and there's this Christ Church, and I see that around a lot. So I, I got that. I got that all screwed up. Christ Fellowship in Okeechobee. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, we were just talking before we before we hit that record button about how uh, the the really good sound of worship team that you all have down there is that is that the tactical term for it? Is is worship team? Yes, they're the worship team. <laughs> they let me sing every once in a while, and I enjoy it. I'll it's tell a lot what. of fun. Yes, indeed. You all got to put together down there. It's it's always nice when you see somebody that really you know they take it serious, and you can tell that those are you know that y'all don't just jump up there on a whim after not having played for. <laughs> you know, for oh six my goodness, no! There's a whole lot of practice that goes into that. Let me tell you right now, and I'll tell you that I remember one time back. Um, in the Holiness Church, hearing some criticism 
of churches who rehearsed and prepared and planned all the worship out in advance. And I remember somebody saying um, that the Holy Spirit, you know, wasn't allowed to move in that kind of atmosphere because you had had everything so planned. And one day um, when we had just started coming to Christ Fellowship, we weren't on staff at the time. We were just attendees. And it's a whole cool story how we ended up on staff, so I'll have to tell you one day. But anyway, we were just attendees at the time. We were just putting our feet in the water of a church that was not traditional after being in a very, very traditional (laughs) (laughs) um, CHM church for our whole lives. Uh, Christ Fellowship was completely different. But I remember having a conversation with one of the worship leaders one day, and I mentioned to them, you know, my background and that exact statement of, you know, you're not leaving room, you know, for the Holy Spirit because you've got everything so planned. And he said, um, I don't understand that. He said, can't the Holy Spirit be in the planning? And I thought, Ooh. Mm, good point. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Okay. So, yes, I think <laughs> the Holy Spirit can be in the planning. Like, he can be at work before you even get to church on Sunday morning. Sure. So cool. I liked it. It really, it really helped to like solidify in my mind uh, some things that it's okay to plan. Um, that still leaves room for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, I can imagine. He can really be in the whole that. process from the beginning to the end. Yeah. So. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> I know. I mean, <laughs> just who would have thought? Who would have thought? I mean, he did, you know, raise people from the dead and everything, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We have him in the body box. <laughs> yeah, it kind of it gets painted weaker than uh, than than I think he is. Yeah, which is you know an understatement, I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> well, that brings up something, and, and this is off topic, but I just I did want to ask you about this because they would talk about, uh, but you know, the planning and everything, and would would like cause the cause God not to move, and that also is a subjective term you know, the moving of God or the presence of God, whatever. It seems to mean different things to different people. Mm-hmm. But I, I used to always hear, too, they would preach against churches that had a program, you know, like, okay, we're going to have this song and then this song, and I could be printed on a bulletin or something like that. They would preach against that. And I, I guess the reasoning was that there was a fear that there would be no shouting or something like that. Oh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure that there was fear of that. I know the church that I grew up in, they took a lot of pride in being a shouting church. Oh, yeah. And the fact that we had many services where there was no preaching because people were shouting was something that um, my family actually used often in conversation as proof that we were the most spirit-filled church, that we were the <laughs> ones who were, you know, following the true way in the most clear way. You know, we weren't getting distracted off to the side by right. some of the other worldlier CHM churches. And then definitely the powder church at all was completely, you know. So we were, I mean, I, I heard that over and over again as a child, that we were the most we were the most spirit-filled church, and we were the ones who were living most closely to God because of the fact that we would have multiple services without um, without having preaching. Now, mind you, uh, I'm getting ready to tell you a family secret right now. I guess I should remember this as a podcast. It's going <laughs> to go everywhere. We can, we can take um, out whatever you need. <laughs> so uh, my grandfather, who was the pastor of the church and who was a prolific shouter, and he had his own like d- 
distinct shout that was actually known in our area. Oh, Everybody yeah. knew I forgot his about that particular stuff. kind of shout, you know, yeah. it was his thing. And um, so, of course, he was the one who was leading the way in all of the shouting stuff most of the time. And um, my grandfather and my aunt, who was his son's wife, his daughter-in-law, his son's wife, yeah, um, uh, had a decades-long affair. Oh, boy. Just decades-long. Yeah, so he was sleeping with his son's wife, my aunt, oh my for Lord. many, 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 many years. And but the old boy could shout. shout with the best of them. <laughs> awesome. And he was the preacher. So he was the preacher and the oh, shouter, and the, oh. he, he had all of the things. It, it was it, it looked it looked good. Mm. It sounded good, so therefore it was good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like the, some of the churches I was in as as well were the. It was almost like the soul purpose for you to be there was hoping that there would be shouting and if we weren't shouting they were shaming us because we weren't shouting you know i've i've said in that exactly. a couple of times and it was just exactly i never saw a whole lot of chaos but i think it was it was nate from gray story when he i think it was him he mentioned something about putting potted plants on their heads and stuff i didn't see oh that oh my goodness i've seen the craziest things you could imagine um I have seen uh, people put trash cans on their head Ouch. that were full of trash, <laughs> that were full of trash. Yes. I've seen people do cartwheels down the middle of the aisle. I've seen people walk on the back of pews. I've seen um, people literally run out of the like doors, the swinging doors in the back of church so hard that it literally almost ripped their arm out of socket there. Oh. They were so bruised at the next day that they could barely move, but it was all of the spirit, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I've seen people run outside and run around the building. I mean, just, I've seen people grab a stroller or it, it, with a baby in it and run around. I've seen people grab a wheelchair with a handicapped person in it and run around. Oh, Lord. And I thought, I look back on that now and I'm like, can you imagine that poor handicapped person? Because that's their mode of transportation, right? Oh, yeah. And they've been totally um, hijacked at that moment. They have no say over <laughs> what is happening to I them. Know. And it's really like traumatic when you think about oh, it. Yeah, if you, it, would if be. You, it. It could be very traumatic. I thought about that multiple times as, as an adult just looking back at some of those things and thinking, oh my goodness. And then, you know, seeing people jump <laughs> over the altar, up into the, you know, past the podium, past the pulpit, up into the choir loft, run it back and forth between all the rows up there, run back down. Just, it's just all the things you mm -hmm. can imagine. I have seen the craziest things. Yeah. It's a little wild in Holiness churches. <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to, that was another one of the things, along with standards, the shouting thing, was kind of a mark of approval that we would we would give somebody else a little more leeway. Like with with Baptists, I can remember it'd be like, well, you know, there are some Southern Baptists that you know they they dress like we do. We're like, oh, really? And, and that was that was the thing, you know. That was that was where we're like, oh, well, maybe they are. And then they would also say that you know there are some Baptists that are shouting Baptists. Man, they just run you out. And we're like, oh, well, those are obviously godly people. It was like that was our. <laughs> That was honestly, that was one of the really high marks that if you met that mark, obviously you were okay. Right. It was definitely something to be aspired to. And it was a sign 
you know, within, <laughs> within that movement that, that you were, that you were godly. And so of course you wanted to do it. You wanted to be a part of it because you wanted everybody to think that, right. you know, and so, yeah. And, and in the, the same thing, like at the altar calls, when you're up at the altar and, you know, and then at some point they expect you to have your hands in the air and for you to be, you know, oh yeah, confessing all of your sins out loud. And, you know, just all of this, like this really extreme show of the yeah. fact that you were really meant your repentance because you were, you know, having some sort of outward thing that happened, you know, as, as a proof as a proof of like the inward work that God was doing. And so, yeah. And so if you didn't cry hard enough or if you didn't confess enough or if you didn't, you know, it just, it wasn't the real thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like it was unthinkable that somebody would just pray and get over top of whatever issue. And and then just, and then just go back and be like, yep, good. (laughs) And just sit down in their seat, like, and and truly be forgiven. Like how how could the Lord work in that way? (laughs) How could he do that? I, I don't know what that poor thief on the cross did. I mean, he didn't have any time exactly to jump down right. and run around the whole thing. He just, you know, there was there was no room for him to, yes. to do any of that. Are we sure he even made it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I don't think. I mean, Jesus said, "This day you'll be with me in paradise." But did he really mean it? Did he really mean that? Oh, me. Uh, yes. That's funny. I can remember, and this is this is completely off topic, but I can remember. Being afraid to go to the altar because I was probably praying for the second work and it was, you know, ever elusive. And I remember being afraid of going to the altar over whatever issue it would be because you would be a little nervous that you might not get what it was you're looking for. And then you would also have to get up afterwards and testify to the crowd Mm -hmm. what God just did to you, did for you. And uh, with me, I was always completely afraid of lying. So I, I knew there was no way I could lie to the crowd and be like, yes, got exactly whatever it is you all were hoping I would get. I, but I would, so that used to just terrify me. You know, it's like, I, I can remember there was a preacher came to our church and I was a little kid and he was supposedly educated on the end times scenarios. And of or, course, he would preach that and would. 88 sh- reasons why Jesus is going to come back in 88. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy used to terrify me, you know. And so then obviously it's like, well, there's something wrong with me. So I would go to the altar and I would convince myself that I felt better about it. So then I would have to testify that, yep, yep, think I feel better about that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. It is, there is a whole lot of pressure that, and you think about like the pressure that you have in and of itself of having sin in your life. Mm -hmm. And that is clearly not a good thing, right? So you've got that pressure. And then you've got the pressure of, okay, did I confess about my sin correctly? Do I have a good testimony to tell everybody when I stand up about being rid of my sin? Am I going to do that? There's just so much pressure just all the way across the board, which is so unnecessary because you already have you know, the thing that you're going up there about, which is big enough in and of itself without you having to have all of these other things, you know. Right. And then that's even assuming that you were actually going up there to confess sin and not 
you know, putting on a pair of short sleeves, you know, <laughs> like, or, were you confessing true sin or were you just up there feeling guilty because you put a pair of sandals on the week before I know, <laughs> and somebody <laughs> saw your toes? Um, so oh, yeah, Lord. it's, oh Lord, yeah, it's, a lot just, of st- man. it's something. Some of these conversations I get in on this podcast brings up memories that, man, I, I just completely forgot about. <laughs> I know. It's stirring up all this stuff. You're like, oh, Lord, I think I need to go back to counseling. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just had Nate and Amber on from Grace Story, and I felt like, I'm like, what are you, are you guys trying, is this, are you trying to make a counseling session out of this? What are you doing to me right now? Because <laughs> there was this stuff coming up. I'm like, hey, quit it. <laughs> Get out of my head. You just finally said, wait a minute. Let me just go find a couch. Because clearly <laughs> I need to lay down. It, it, we need a therapist couch ASAP. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I better oh, I better get on to what we're supposed to talk about tonight. So I've had several people ask for you to be back on, Tracy. And I, will, I, I do want to give Tracy a compliment off the top. You have a way with words that we all sit back and talk about. <laughs> we honestly do. <laughs> We're like, man, did you see what she said about this or how she was able to word that? So you came to my mind when I heard a certain sermon and I was like, of course I disagree with this, but sometimes I feel like I just can't get my brain in gear uh, or at least my mouth and my brain synced up. And um, I thought, well, maybe I can get Tracy to, uh, to talk about some of this. So tonight we're going to talk about a sermon, but we're not playing any of that sermon. Why is that, Tracy? Well, I think that recently we've seen where some clips from sermons have been shared and people have gotten so up in arms. No idea what you're talking about. (laughs) These clips clips from these messages are being shared that they're not even really focusing on the content of them. And I'm not even going to get onto the fact that people are standing in public platforms, public pulpit mm-hmm. saying these things. So I feel like, um, you know, we, we, we should be able to talk about right. public comments, but, <laughs> but for some reason that seems to not be the case. And so people have gotten so distracted by that and so called up in, you know, you're, you're sharing just, um, you're sharing something and they get so, so focused on the preacher and where it was preached and all of the, all of those things. And they totally are not focusing at all on the content. And so we were just going to just kind of jump over all of that. And so we're not going to share a clip and we're not going to share where it was preached and we're not going to any of that. Right. We're just going to talk about the content. The reason being that this kind of stuff is being said across multiple holiness platforms. Yes, it is. And um, so we just wanted to kind of dig into some of the content uh, because a lot of people are hearing these kinds of things and just kind of talk through some of it. So, Well, and there are some listeners that are still working through a lot of this. And I know that these were uh, some of the stuff we're going to cover tonight were issues for me because it would be like, well, you know, obviously the. The Bible says this, you know, <laughs> so it would be a little while. It could be a little hard to work through some of that. So I thought, well, let's just talk about some of those issues in case there are people listening. And I'm guessing that there are that are still struggling with some of these with some of these topics. So that's, that's why we're doing it. Exactly. Exactly. So I think we're just going to kind of share a few little quotes here and there and then just kind of dig into it a little bit. So. I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to share the quote? Do you want me to go with this? Well, I tell you what. You, you, and uh, Tracy sent me notes. Like I'm talking. We got we got the starting of a book here. Tracy, this is good. I like this. 
<laughs> Tracy took this seriously, <laughs> which none of us on the podcast ever do. <laughs> but yeah, so you got so a better you idea. Know how you made the comment about you know I actually seem to be able to reply to people well. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. It's it's because of this right here. <laughs> So I take it seriously, Phil. <laughs> yes, yes, that you do. That you do. And I, I like that. So you've got a better idea of what you'd want to hit first, and uh, I'll just let you jump into it. Just let me go with it. And so I'll just share one of the one of the things that was said at the very beginning of this particular message that just kind of cracked me up a little bit. Um, he said, and I quote, um, he's talking about God. You know, he sets us free from ceremonial mosaic law. But he never sets us free from the moral law of God. And I just thought it was funny that he clearly said that he sets us free from the ceremonial Mosaic law. And they use like the ceremonial Mosaic law to to give the backbone to quite a few of the standards that they have. So I just personally thought that was a little bit funny. Everybody else may not have my sense of humor, but. Well, it's one of those things that it depends on who you're talking to. Who defines what law is ceremonial and and uh, moral? At least that's kind of been my experience because I'll hear that and I'll I'll start doing some research on it, and someone will be like, "Well, yeah, that was moral," and then other people will be like, "Well, no, it was just the Ten Commandments that were moral." And but then somehow, <laughs> like you're saying, the ceremonial or at least a whole bunch of other laws that I don't think should be get lumped into here somehow. <laughs> Well, there's some laws that are the backbone for some holiness standards that you go down just a few verses and they talk about, you know, the kind of food that you eat and all of this kind of stuff. And we mm-hmm. don't follow any of those portions right. of the laws, but just a few verses up, we follow those portions. And so it's just funny to me how they just kind of get to pick and choose, like which, which portions example. of it yep. fit whatever, you know, whatever they need it to be. And then the few verses below that, it can just be totally disregarded. It's cool how they get to just decide that, you know, like what applies to them and what doesn't. Oh, it's very good. I stand in all. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool how you can do that with the Bible? You can sounds so much fun. I'll give you an example. One of them is uh, when I started doing some research on uh, like whatever topics, say for instance, tattoos, you know, can a Christian get a tattoo? And Ooh, I have tattoos. Should we talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> I have quite a few tattoos. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, Should I have not said that? <laughs> no, no, because I'm I'm free right now, but I'm on the precipice. So <laughs> we're, we're we're getting closer all the time. But the the verse would always be out of I think it's Deuteronomy, and so I'd go read that one and be oh, like, yeah. be like, uh, guys, did uh, did you read the one after this <laughs> and the one before it? And <laughs> there's some pretty crazy stuff in here. Why are we picking? Why do we get to pick the tattoo one out of this whole, you know, this mess of stuff that we obviously are not under anymore? Yeah, we're not listening to any of that other stuff. All right, what's the next one you got there? Okay, so there were several things that were said throughout the message, and I'm just going to, I'm going to just hit some of them right just I'm just going to hit all of them in the row. They were sprinkled throughout the whole message. Sure, go ahead. But there were statements like, um, we find scriptural principles in the Word of God that lead us to no other conclusion. And in other words, you cannot look at that and think any differently than they do about it. If you're right. truly, you know, if you're really following God, you know, it's insinuating that if you're really godly, you can't reach any other conclusion except for the conclusion that they came to. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then they move on to... um 
to things uh, that that are like, um, if you're a sincere Christian, you would recognize the danger of this situation, insinuating that if you don't see that issue the way that they see it, you're not a sincere Christian. Because if you were sincere, you would recognize that. Yeah, and it's usually all while you've got them pinned down <laughs> on something like, you know, well, where's, where's your biblical backing for this? And as you start to pick it apart, then usually you will find these arguments start coming up. <laughs> if you were sincere, you wouldn't even be asking this question, Phil. Yes. It just, all of these kinds of things that are kind of just sprinkled all throughout the teaching that just implies over and over and over again that yes. if you think any differently about the topic, you're not sincere. You're not a true, it's just, uh, it's so from the very beginning, it just is um, with its implications, just saying you have to think the way that we do about this and there's no other way um, you, you wouldn't come as he said he would you would not come to any other conclusion yes and, and so the it's what they're saying is you if you're a real christian you will think like this because we say so and really that's about the only backing that's there it's like when you in my opinion when you make a statement like that it's like, okay well you're gonna have to back that up and it's never backed up Hey, Tracy. <laughs> I literally have no idea what happened. All of a sudden, it just started beeping, and I was like, Phil? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Devil's fighting. I, I was rambling on, too, and all of a sudden, I heard the I'm like, what? <laughs> you were like, you are in the middle of a good thought. <laughs> I was. I was. <laughs> what? So what do we need to do to, fix, to, to like, be, re be recording again? <laughs> oh, we're fine. We're still recording. Okay. Sorry, God, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, try to get it together. What I was saying before we uh before the devil interrupted. We, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we when in my opinion, when you make a statement like that that you must think like this, mm -hmm. uh you gotta back that up, but they never back it up except for with well, we say so. This is what true Christians exactly. do. Exactly. But we said so. Right. But we said so. You're like, let let let's find that in the Bible somewhere. Well, it's over here in the mosaic wall, but we only <laughs> picked this first. Yeah, I always the cringe. Don't apply. <laughs> I always cringe, and I know that. Don't get me wrong, because there's we've been uh, people like to use the argument. Well, some people just think the Old Testament doesn't matter. Not not true. But I do always cringe when I hear like a super fundamentalist style preacher. Um, get up to preach and say, okay, turn to the book of First Kings. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Because <laughs> it is ripe for um, uh, twisting like crazy. There's there's a lot of twisting goes yeah. on. I actually love the Old Testament. Um, there's just a lot of beauty in the Old Testament. But yeah, you can definitely take that a lot of, a lot of different directions. Yes, indeed. For sure. Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, <laughs> some of them not good directions. <laughs> <laughs> You had one that, because I'm looking at your at your notes as well, that you sent over, and um, you've got a quote here, quench not the spirit. Give me your thoughts on that. Okay, so that is the verse that was basically the text for the sermon, was, 
you know, and he read, um, he read from the soul and he started talking about entire sanctification. And I started writing notes about that. And I was like, wait a minute, Tracy, this isn't what the sermon is about. Stop it. So we'll have to do another episode about entire sanctification. Yes. But, um, but we're, we're not on that topic. We're on the, the topic of television, <laughs> which is where he took the quench, not the spirit text. And um, his, I guess, reasoning behind that was saying that um, that we shouldn't do anything that should hinder the work of the spirit in our life. And then he jumped to television and uh, started talking about how it hinders the work of God in your life. So what is quenching the spirit then, Tracy, in your opinion? So in quenching the spirit, I mean, is it's truly his, his description of that. And he actually used a, a campfire um, illustration in the sermon and just talked about, um, you know, somebody pouring uh, water onto the flame and they were quenching the flames. They're tamping them down. And I would say that that would be a fairly accurate description. You are um, you're doing things that would hinder the work of the spirit in your life. And so I don't have any problem with the principle of quench not the spirit. I just feel like where where they go wrong in this whole scenario is they start listing exact things. If you do this, you're quenching the spirit. If you do this, you're quenching the spirit. And the reason that I think that they go wrong there is because there's such a double standard in what they find to be acceptable and not acceptable. And we'll get into that in just a minute. When they start saying, this is a thing that quenches the spirit, but this other thing over here is okay. And yet those two things are actually equal when you look at them on paper. Right. It's such a double standard. And you're totally, at that point, you're getting so lost in the application of the principle that you're forgetting the importance of the principle and why the principle would even be in place to begin with. And so it would be so much better to just focus on the principle. Let's live lives that do not quench the spirit, that do not think do things that hinder the work of spirit in our life, that throw water on the fire of the spirit in our life. If you're going to use the illustration that he used, it would have just been so much better for him to carry that entire theme and focus on the principle. But instead, he got down into the the weeds, as we would say, and started saying, this quenches the spirit, but this doesn't quench the spirit. And he actually, and we'll get into that just a little bit where he's saying that this here's wrong and this here is right. And there's literally no difference between them. And so now you've got people sitting in the seats. I know because I was one of them in my mind, trying to rationalize, like, I don't understand. How can this be any different. I don't, I don't understand what is happening here. (laughs) I don't understand the reasoning here. And so then they start looking into it a little bit themselves and they're studying and they're looking. And when they, when they see it all on paper, they're like, I don't understand why this thing over here is wrong. It doesn't make sense to me. And so then they start feeling like this isn't wrong. If if we're going to compare these things and this is okay, then this should be okay as well. And I just don't see a problem with this. And so they start changing some of the rules around their life about 
what they find to be acceptable and not acceptable. And then the holiness church is, you know, you have lost God, you're walking right. away from God, you're worldly, you're all the things. And, and it's just because you are just following rational reasoning. Right. So a better, would a better way to apply the principle of quench not the Holy Spirit, it seems like it gets twisted into this thing of uh, you can quench it by doing stuff that the Bible doesn't talk about. So like you, you almost go on this witch hunt in your life of, well, man, any little thing might be quenching the spirit. When what would be a, a, a better way to apply that principle? Just like, you know, try your best to, to not, uh, to not commit sin, you know, try to live a, a good Christian life. Is that a better way of applying that principle? Get, you can get into, you can get into specifics when you're talking about, don't do anything that you know stirs up lust in your heart. Because you know lust is a biblical principle, it right? Is. Like so you can you can get into that. And that's actually gonna cover a whole lot more things than than what he specifically talks about in this particular message. But it's because you're 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 applying a principle across your life. So you can actually get into some of the specifics of applying the principle, but still not saying don't do this one thing. Don't do this one other thing. You can say, don't do things that you know stir up lust. We all know ourselves. Let's just be real. We know the things that stir up lust in our hearts. Okay. So the better thing would be to do is say, don't do that thing. And if you have a particular issue in certain areas, put up guardrails in your life against the things that are causing you issues. And then you're giving people permission to follow the guidance of the Spirit in their life instead of saying, you have to do it the way that I do it. Because in reality, if I just do the thing that you say is okay and then do these other things that don't actually you know, that you don't preach against, but have actually the potential to cause me to go down the wrong road, Sure, you know, but it's okay because you're not preaching against it. You know, it's just so much better to give people the ability to listen to the spirit and to follow the spirit's leadings in their life. And that's the bottom line here is that it's just the bottom line here. When, whenever I, whenever I listened to this and when I was going over it again, it's, no, they do not trust the spirit to lead people and they don't trust people to follow the guidance of the spirit. Yes. They feel like unless they step in and put their rule into place that the Holy spirit can't do his job and you cannot say out of sin. They just don't trust the spirit and they don't trust their people to follow the spirit. That that's the bottom line. He started to go over some things that are in their, uh, their manual or discipline depends on, which denomination, and we'll keep the denomination out of it. Different denominations call it a different, a different uh, thing. But for the discipline, he he started talking about that and why they have it. And I'll I'll give his quote here for this: Certain manifestations of worldliness have so often plagued those who started out with principles similar to our own. Then it's necessary for our churches to stake to take a stand on these specific issues. Therefore, the following special rules of the governing body of membership have been adopted. And I believe he was quoting from the um, from the actual discipline. And then he said he it, was he was quoting from the handbook and he stopped right there. He stopped right there and he threw in this next little quote. Isn't that well written? This is so reasonable. 
This is the attitude of a careful Christian heart. And that goes back to that thing that we shared at the very beginning, that if you don't see it that way, you don't have a careful Christian heart. Right. Right. So if you disagree with being reasonable, yeah, Tracy, why are you not reasonable? (laughs) Oh my God. I am clearly irrational. Clearly. Um, (laughs) I'm on this podcast. What can we say? (laughs) (laughs) There is something to be said about that. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then he goes on to say, um, he goes on to share a little bit about, um, the fact that, you know, we can be led astray. And so we need these guidelines because we can be led astray. And, and he said, people are going to think that they're okay and they're not okay. And he used that um, verse from scripture, you know, Oh Lord, Lord, we did this in your name and we did that in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm -hmm. And so he's warning against, you know, against doing anything differently than they do it because you're going to be the person standing before Jesus saying, Jesus, I did this in your name and I did that in your name right? and all of that. And I've always wondered why it's always everybody else in those scenarios that are the ones Isn't that, that is, the Lord is telling them, you know, actually, I don't know you at all. Depart from me. Do they not ever consider that they could be the one That's a doing very good this point. in his name? And yeah. doing that in there, doing his, that in his name, and he's going to look at them and say, "Depart from me." It's always everybody else, but they do an awful lot of things in the Lord's name, and right. it's just very interesting to me that um, it's always everybody else that's doing the wrong thing in the Lord's name. They're the only ones that is that's doing it correct. I just wonder if they ever stop and consider that beam of light be never gets turned inward. Yeah, you're right about that. No, it it does not ever get turned inward. But he 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 stopped and he shared those few little things, and then he stepped back into the rule book, and he went into the portion that talks about technology, and he said because the content of television cannot be controlled by the viewer, television in general is not appropriate to be viewed. A member who is allowed the decision should not have a television in his home. Hmm. Um, I like to clarify that he specifically said in his home. So all of us girls are <laughs> free. Yeah. We're free. <laughs> that was only a his rule. <laughs> we done found ourselves a loophole here. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> I, I find that interesting because the content cannot be controlled by the viewer. Well, if we're, if we're using the same thing, I mean, I can't control what somebody prints in a, in a magazine. But obviously, they you know Playboy's been okay, around so for years. First, okay, let's just we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's just talk about the fact that that's not accurate. You can control what is on the television in your home. There's 100%. this little thing called a remote. <laughs> it 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 just it works wonders. You point it at the TV and it just makes the TV do whatever you tell it to do. <laughs> you actually control the television with it. Who <laughs> would have thought? Who would have thought? Well, that's been my thought. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. To me, that is so... In 2022, that we would have such a thing. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought? It's so obvious. And uh, like when me and you talked about this earlier, when I I, I don't have, um, what, like traditional TV anymore, because that's kind of all gone by the wayside. But when I used to have uh, Dish, um, Dish Network, 
I knew that there were certain channels that I would be safe on. Uh, one would be the like the outdoor channel. I used to watch that. Uh, guess what? Not a, not a lot of sin taking place on the outdoor channel these days. And, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's guys. Believe it or not, they're they not got, out there. They just got too many women in bikinis out there fishing yeah, and, yeah. And, and hunting. Yep, mm-hmm. it didn't happen. And didn't happen. There would be other channels that if you watch them, especially at a certain time, they would play these movies and then they would clean them up. Because they tried to adhere to some broadcast rules and all that. Now, we all knew that if you strolled over to HBO or something like that, um, if you weren't cheap like me and didn't have <laughs> anything extra in your package, <laughs> I didn't have access to that. But we all knew if you, if you start poking around, yeah, you're probably going to see something you don't want to see. But, again, I could control that. Well, and that was probably even something that was more would have even been more arguable 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but now the the technology that we have now, my TV itself, forget whatever program I have. If I've got Dish, if I've got, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the little cable things are, I can't even think of what they're all called. Or if you've got, you know, at our house, we just have our, hooked up to the internet. We don't have um, traditional television anymore. Yeah, me too. But the TV itself, we I can go in and put settings in place. So that nothing that isn't rated G can be shown on that. Sure. And I can set time limits in place that the TV won't even work at such and such a time to such and such a time. Like you can totally control so much now because the technology has, you know, risen to that level where you have an extreme amount of control, actually. Um, So, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's not even an accurate statement. It's not so, accurate at all. No, it's not. Let me uh, say what he said next, and, and uh, I want to know why you're criticizing. <laughs> um, here was the quote, and this is, my parents have been so criticized over the years for not having a television. And Tracy, we all know that's what you're doing. <laughs> you're trying to get a TV in every home in America, aren't you? <laughs> Exactly. It is exactly. It it is. I do lay in bed at night and plot of how I can take over the minds of the world. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. So and he actually when he was when he was stating that, he goes, he went on to say, You probably wouldn't even believe it. And then he goes, Oh, I'm sure you would believe it, because you've probably all suffered the same thing. And so there's just kind of this mindset within that system, and we've heard it in multiple sermons where it's you know, we've been criticized for taking a stand for blah, 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 blah. And we've been criticized for, and it's always just, they're just getting so much criticism, mm-hmm. you know, for this. And the fact, there is not anybody that is criticizing anybody for not having a TV. I have literally never heard that in my life. No, I don't think I have neither. You no. don't have a TV. Like, how stupid are you? <laughs> I, like, I've never said that. Right. And I've never had that said to me, ever. Yeah. Ever. I've never even overheard that in any conversation whatsoever. Our criticism is not about them not having a television. The criticism is the double standard. Like you're saying this is right and this is wrong and they're the same thing. Yes. It's a double standard. That's the criticism. My criticism is is that some preachers say that having a TV is sin. You are committing a sin. If yes. you have a TV in your house, 
when there is nowhere in scripture that says that you are committing a sin if you have a television in your house. Right. You are committing a sin if there's some things you view on there that you shouldn't view. Yep. But there's just as many good things on there. I mean, for goodness sake, Billy Graham, you can go on TV and watch him preach it all day long if you want to. That's a sin. Like, television can be a sin if misused, but that's like applies to so many things. So why is it just that thing? And so that's the criticism. The criticism has never been, you don't have a television. Oh my goodness. You are, you're the most stupid person in the world. Nobody has ever said that. We've all just said, don't be a hypocrite about it. I have specifically heard preachers say, a preacher, plain as day for the book, he said, I don't think that I don't believe, I think is what he said, I don't believe that you can be a Christian and have a TV. It's like, okay, that's the criticism. That's what we're talking about. Yes. I've heard that over and over again when I was in the holiness churches. Like, that was not uncommon. That wasn't a, oh my goodness, a one time a year thing. That that was a very frequent thing. It was always talked about as a sin. And so the criticism, they're mischaracterizing the criticism to make it look like they're martyrs in some way because they've got a TV and in that way. And when they characterize it that way, they don't have to respond to what we're saying right now. They don't have to give any reasons for why they teach what they teach. They just, Oh, you're just, you're just being mean to me, you know? And so you don't have to say, you don't have to give any reason when you take that, that road, yeah, which is, Oh, oh my goodness. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. So then he goes on to say, viewing of the content of television today, I'm talking about now. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply makes the soul lean. And that seems to say kind of in a roundabout way that older programming was acceptable. <laughs> it's only now that, that it's become a problem. But they preached about it for years and years and years. So right. I just thought it was just super funny the way that he worded that because he kind it, it just he just made a very specific statement about now. 
And in other words, like this programming is so full of so many bad things, which makes it sound like that the older programs are okay. <laughs> if they're okay, then why, did we, why couldn't we watch them? I don't know. Yeah. There's this tendency to look at anything in the past as, you know, with kind of rose-colored glasses. And I, I think that's what's going on here. Even though, I mean, Hollywood was just as screwed up back then as it is now. I mean, I've, I've went through some of these stories about some of these actresses and stuff from the 40s and all the stuff they would talk oh about. Goodness. Yeah, it was terrible. They were, they were all a mess. <laughs> they were all a mess. Yeah. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So then he goes on to say, television has the potential to make your soul lean. It can starve you spiritually. It lessens spiritual desire. It exposes to temptation. It distracts you from the essentials of life, and it can waste valuable time. All valid points. Mm -hmm. Like, it can absolutely do all of those things. Yes, it can. But what else has the potential to do those things? Reading. <laughs> reading can be a waste of time. Yes, it can. If you're, if you're reading Playboy, that is definitely uh, not going to be increasing your spiritual desire. Right. You know, reading can take you a lot of different directions. What about games? Anybody wasted time lately playing Candy Crush? Is that a sin? Did we, did we say that that's a sin now because it was a waste of time that you did that? The Internet is full of things that could be um, have a potential to expose you to things that are tempting and can lessen your spiritual desire. It has the potential to do all of those things. But for some reason, television has been singled out. Reading is okay. We're going to trust that you're going to read the right things. Um, we're going to trust that you're not going to waste time playing Candy Crush. We're going to trust that, that you will be um, good on the internet. But for some reason, television has been singled out. Yeah. It just makes no sense. And it's, it comes down again to they're not trusting the Spirit of God to, to speak. They're not trusting people to obey the Spirit of God. And it, it doesn't make any sense. Why do we not trust him in, in this area? We're willing to trust him in reading and in all these others, but we can't trust him with television. It just doesn't make any rational sense. I think it's very similar to the, really to the gun control debate when you think about it. And, and most, most CHM people are on the right uh, of the political spectrum. And, and so none of them would sit and argue that a gun should be banned because there's a lot of potential there for you to do some bad stuff. What's, it's not the exactly. object. They would argue for the proper use of it. Right. Huh, there you go. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and here comes another quote. If you're a sincere Christian, you should recognize the danger of television. <laughs> if you're sincere. Okay. Again, <laughs> It's all that implication that if you don't see it the way that they do, then you're not sincere. You're just not sincere. Another one of those arguments that is just not backed up with anything. Yeah, exactly. And so then he goes on to ask the question that, that you and I have already asked in this podcast. He actually says, what about the Internet? We do not have a prohibition of the Internet. Our people can have it in their homes, on their phones. At any time, day or night, they can hook up to it and be exposed to any number of things. Many would argue that the Internet is worse than the television. They are absolutely right and just in their criticism. This is where Christian conscience and discipline must kick in. <laughs> we have the ability, for the most part, to control what we see over the Internet, while we can't control what we see over television. And that is why we allow the Internet and we haven't allowed the television. <laughs> 
He is saying right there everything that you and I have already said. Right. He's saying that we're absolutely right and just in our criticism, but he didn't change one single thing about his stance. And then he went on to say, again, that they can control. And for the most part, you will notice that we have the ability for the most part to control what we <laughs> see on the Internet. So he's allowing right there that you actually cannot fully control what you see on the Internet. You can't. There are things that pop up. His little church is on Facebook. Right, sure it well, is. Well, Facebook ads come up sometimes, and there may be things that I don't approve of. Absolutely. Not things that I would be involved in in any way, shape, or form. Yep. But just because I see the ad doesn't mean that I go click on it and go do all of the things. You know, there are portions of the Internet that you maybe can't easily control, but the control factor kicks in when you see what it is and you're like, ah, I don't want to have anything to do with that. You click out the X button, boom, you're away from it just like that. And it's just that simple with the television as well. Literally with one click of a remote, you are no longer watching whatever it is that would be tempting or would be a problem or would be a time waster. It's literally with the internet and a television with one click of your finger you are controlling both of those things. And it's just so interesting to me that he's actually sitting here saying that he agrees with people are right and just in their criticism that the television and the internet are basically the same. So they even realize that within their own minds, but they still cling to this one role. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. And you know people, because I was one of the people, like you're sitting there in the pews going, how can this be wrong, but this isn't wrong? Right. It doesn't make, it goes back to something that we touched on in the podcast um, that when, when we were talking before where, you know, you couldn't go to a restaurant that served alcohol, but everybody goes to Walmart. That, that sells alcohol. And it's just all of those kinds of double standards over and over and over again that in the minds of the people in the pews, you're just sitting there thinking, this doesn't make sense. Nothing about this makes sense. Right. And so then you, you're living out things that make no sense to you. And so then you leave because you want to live a life that makes sense to you. And then you're full of the devil. And it, it makes it hard too, to to try to fulfill the great commission when you're living things that don't make sense uh, to you, especially because then how do I explain if I'm got, if I've got a chance to witness to somebody, um, especially, you know, when I was CHM, well, your look definitely got attention. And if it didn't make sense to me, why I looked the way I did or did certain things, then I can't adequately explain it to anybody else. Yes. And you're scared to invite people to church. Yes. Because you know what they're thinking because you're thinking it. You're thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking the same thing. Yes. I just remember like never wanting to invite people to church because I was, I was, uh, frankly, I, I didn't know what they would hear and I just was embarrassed by the whole thing. I've been there. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was a young girl bringing a neighbor with me to church and she was, I mean, horrified <laughs> I, when people started. Uh, yeah, it just the whole thing was terrifying for her. God love her little heart. I hope she knows Jesus now. But yeah, yeah. it's just, oh, my goodness. And you know how freeing it is to just invite people to church. I just did it last night. 
I just did <laughs> while I was trick or treating with my son. <laughs> Let's not talk about trick or treating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's a whole other podcast. But I was trick or treating <laughs> with my son and invited somebody to church at the same time. So, but I didn't have any trepidation in my heart about what they would experience or what they would hear when they walked in the door. Yeah, that's a good it feeling. Just, this is going to be good. You don't want to miss it because it's going to be good. Yes. It, that's pretty good feeling. Yes, indeed. Okay. So back to the message. He goes on to say, this is a trust that our conference has agreed to extend to our members. In other words, he's trusting you with the internet. Okay. They've agreed to extend this trust to our members with the internet. <laughs> if you all behave, we'll let you trusting. do this. <laughs> <laughs> we're believing and trusting that the principles that we've professed and taught and testified to over the years are so ingrained in your heart that you're going to be responsible in how you handle the internet. And that's wonderful that he's, they're going to trust people with the internet. Yay. I'm all for that. Why can't they believe that the principles that they profess and taught and testified to over the years are so ingrained in their hearts that they're going to be responsible in how they handle television? Why can't you trust them with it? It just, again, it doesn't make any sense. Does not. Somebody make it make sense. (laughs) (laughs) And so then he goes on to ask the question, am I quenching the spirit with my online use? They're trusting that you're going to ask that question. Am I quenching the spirit with my online use? And that's great. Why can we trust that people can ask that question about the internet, but not TV? Why can't people be sitting there watching their TV and say, am I quenching the spirit with my television use in the same way that they can with the internet? Again, no rationality here. Either these principles can be applied to every avenue of life. Exactly. Or they can't. Exactly. And we would just be so much better if we would, if he would have just preached a sermon and then asked the question, am I quenching the spirit in any area of my life? Right. Like, why can't we go there? Why Why did they get to pick and choose the thing that is okay for you to do and not okay for you to do? Especially when it's so glaringly obvious that the internet and television are the same. They are. Yes. It's, it's the same. And you have the same level of control over both of them. And it's, it doesn't even make sense at this point with the level of te- technology that we have for this to even be an issue anymore. But we are not willing to trust people. And so it comes down to, in my mind, it comes down to control. They want a piece of control in people's lives. Yes. And that is the unhealthy part of it to me, that they feel, first of all, that they need to have that control, that they have the right to have that kind of control. And especially when you're tying like somebody's salvation and their love of God and their true, if you're a sincere Christian and if you're, you're like, you're tying all of these things to it, that they have the, the right to attach all of those things to, to watching a television and it's just, it's control. Yeah. And that is the root issue. I think that I have with the CHM overall is the level of control that they want to have in people's lives, that they feel like they have the right to have in people's lives. 
at what point do we trust the Spirit of God to do His work in people's lives? And at one point, you know, he made he made a statement um, talking about, you know, um, when he was talking about the trust that they were giving to people to trust, you know, people with the internet properly and everything. And, and he was stating, you know, if you were going to, you know, be a member there, um, you needed to do such and such and such and such. And, 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 but the whole trust thing was tied up in there. If you followed their rules, then you could be trusted was kind of like the whole thing that it conveyed kind of the thought that it conveyed. And I thought, if you can't trust your people, why would you even give them membership? Like you, you know, mm-hmm. they have to. I, it just didn't even make it didn't even make sense to me. You have they have to have a checklist that they check off before they know that they can trust you. Yes, <laughs> like you have yes. to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this, and and that it's so based on outward things that it's scary because you and I both know that there's so much inward that is going on in the hearts of so many people that are sitting on those pews that is black and they they're members though because they don't have a television in their home but and they meet the checklist and they've totally missed out on the most important red flags because their red flag is do you have a tv and so they've missed all the other real red flags and i know um you and i had a conversation earlier where I had shared with you that just last week, um, t- Monday of last week, I had like a two-hour conversation with a young lady from the CHM. Tuesday, had an hour-long conversation with somebody else. And it's it's nothing different than what I've been hearing over and over and over again. But it just makes it very clear that... There are many black hearts in the CHM. Um, The one girl, you know, her abuser is still happily, her sexual abuser, let me make that clear, is still happily attending a CHM church. Mm. And so what, what in the world? We've got these checklists and we're totally missing the important things. The checklists don't cover anything important. Yeah. uh, It, Yeah. It just makes it so easy for people to for people to slide under the radar. And this is the this is the difficult thing that I'm kind of coming to grips with in my mind. It's just that these are not um, outliers. These stories. I know. These these abusive situations. This isn't like a rare occurrence that just happened over here once you know, back in the 60s, sometime long time ago, you know, and over here, like it's happening over and over and over again in many churches. And I know at this point, because of what you're doing, that you've heard a lot of the stories and because of some of the um, ministry efforts that I've been involved in over the last year. And then because of the fact that I was on this podcast um, a few months ago, um, I've heard many, many stories at this point. I think at this point, you and I both know that this is far more prevalent than what any of us realized that it was. And so I think that's, at this point, this isn't even about the TV anymore. That's just like a side issue, except for the fact that that's the focus. They've made that the focus. And so they've missed all of the real issues. Right. 
that's the true heart, I guess, of my fear and my disgust when we're sitting here talking about these kinds of things, is that we can have whole sermons about this, and there's all of these horrific things that are happening, and nobody talks about it. And when you do talk about it to somebody in the CHM, they deny, 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 or tell you you're lying. Yes. To your face. You're lying. That's not happening. Yes. I have heard enough stories myself over the past. We've been hitting on this probably roughly a year, something like that. Especially when you consider the size of the CHM, which is not a overwhelmingly right. huge no. M- movement. No. It is not. It, yeah. I think I can comfortably say it is absolutely not rare, these, these uh, cases of abuse. They're not rare at all. No, it's not. And so that's the true, that's the true heart of all of this. Like if you just want to get down to the nitty gritty is, is that this has become the focus. These things have become the focus. And because they're so outward, because their list is so outwardly based, you know, you can just meet all of the criteria and you're welcomed into membership with open arms. And and your heart is black, black as night, and people are really being wounded, not just like a little bit wounded, like dramatically wounded. I know. It's easy. If The only thing I got to do is basically put on a costume to be accepted. Tracy, that opens up the door. Anybody can get rid of their TV and, and put on some oh, long exactly. sleeves and, and just exactly. work their way into the inner circle. Exactly. And on it and truthfully, it's just standards are low hanging fruit. It they are low hanging fruit because anybody can slap on a pair of long sleeves yep. and go about living their life. It's it's a whole lot more in depth to dig down into your heart and go, Okay, I've got an issue here that I need to deal with in regards to anger. Mm-hmm. I've got an issue here that I need to deal with in regards to lust. I've got an issue here that I need to deal with in regards to lying. That we, we don't want to do those things. It's that that's the hard stuff. And so it's just so much more simple to follow a rule. And you can feel good about yourself because you're following the rules. And you're not actually dealing with any of the stuff that needs to be dealt with. It's just, it's just totally missing the point. Yes. <laughs> totally missing the point. Completely missing it. Uh, so, to conclude the sermon, <laughs> <laughs> this minister shared an illustration from his personal life where he went to SeaWorld. And we won't even talk about, you know, how most of the people at SeaWorld were probably dressed because <laughs> I've been to SeaWorld. So, um, yeah. It's not exactly a IHC out there, is it? <laughs> no, it isn't. They were not gathered in the middle singing, um, praise God for whom all blessings flow. <laughs> Clothes from head to toe. No, it, it, it didn't happen. I was expecting it to and was shocked when it didn't happen. But yes. yeah, so uh, just I've been to SeaWorld. I think it's great. I think that we can all go anywhere and still 
live a godly life. I live in Florida, for goodness sake. If I got scared every time I saw a girl in a pair of shorts, I would just never leave my house. <laughs> and so, which would truly actually be fine with me because I love my house in my backyard and I, I would <laughs> be perfectly happy to never leave my house again. But my husband, who is very extroverted, uh, would would die, and so uh, he would. It would just be a slow death, and actually would actually be pretty quick because he would get tired of being hurt. I gotta get away from you for a minute. I've, I've seen the videos of. I've seen some videos of Matt. You, you can tell he's, there's a little bit of an Energizer Bunny thing going on there. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he, he's very excitable. Very excitable guy. He loves people. Yep. But I mean, truly, if you were going to say. You know, I'm so scared of what I might see. There, no, no Christian would live in Florida. I mean, seriously, right. you you wouldn't live in Florida. I can see a girl in a bikini just driving down my, you know, driving down the road from from my road to the stop, my driveway to the stop sign, and sure. I could have already seen three bikinis. Truly, <laughs> and so if you can't have Jesus in your heart and help you to to focus and think, then what, what, why do we even leave our house for real, for real? But anyway, he was at SeaWorld and he was having a a good time and it was all great. And he went into one of the shows and he felt like after he had sat there for a few minutes, he felt like the spirit of God was telling him that some of the performers in the show were, um, scantily dressed and not appropriate and that he did not need to be in that show. And so he got up and walked out of the show and went about the rest of his day and had a great time the rest of the day at SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. He heard the voice of God. Now, listen to this. Imagine this. He heard the voice of God. He listened to the voice of God and then went about the rest of his day having a perfectly wonderful time because he obeyed the voice of God. Right. If he can do that in SeaWorld, why can we not trust people setting all the couches in their living room to hear the voice of God and to follow the voice of God? Exactly. If we cannot trust people to hear the voice of God sitting on their couch in their living room, why, why do we have them as members of our church? If we cannot extend that level, if we can extend the level of trust to them for the Internet, and he specifically said earlier that the conference was extending trust that they were going to handle the internet properly, right? Yes. Why can't we do, if we're going to extend trust for people to hear the voice of God in SeaWorld, if we're going to extend trust for people to hear the voice of God and follow the discipline and spiritual practice when they're, when they're on the internet, why can't we do that for television? It makes no rational sense when you're sitting down looking at, and so then that takes us to the whole other level of, there's a whole sermon that was just taught on this, okay? That was that was his sermon. We've got anxiety like crazy in the world that we're in right now. We've got so much confusion. We've got so much pain. There are so many people who have lost relatives, who have lost jobs. Who, I, there's so many things going on. And we've spent a whole message talking about this. It's it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. Yes. It just makes no sense. I am fine with somebody telling me that something is sin if it's actually sin. But this here is the classic example of what we've talked about now for a little while on the podcast. This is the adding to thing. This is the extra biblical rules 
that I just I don't have time for. Now, if you want to, if you want to tell somebody, hey, you might want to be careful with TV. But yeah, okay, that's fine. But but they don't stop there, as which, as Tracy has just shown. It goes much farther than that. It's an extra biblical weight. It can be difficult enough to live life and and try your best to be a Christian as it is. But when you start adding all this extra stuff on there, then you start. Then there are people that that do stumble. Over, I know of people that have because they felt like, oh man, this isn't a fight I want to have with my family. You know, I'm going to have to throw the TV out, and I don't. And they just, well, I guess I can't be a Christian. That's the terrible part about this thing. Well, I know I heard when I was growing up a preacher say that if you even were walking by the electronic section in Walmart and glanced over at the TV that you were committing sin. I heard that from a pulpit. Mm. Who in the world, and I was just a young child, okay? Who in the world can hear that? And walk. By, who walks by Walmart electronic section and doesn't look over? Like, of course you do. You right. hear all the different sounds. You see all the different pictures going across. And so I have, I remember as a young child walking by the electronic section in Walmart, trying my best to look ahead. And if I would glance to the side thinking, I just committed sin. And like, I remember feeling if I died right now, if something happened to me right now, I would go to hell. Because I glanced at a TV in an electronic section. I thought I was going to burn in hell. That kind of weight on a child's mind is so heavy. And I just, I remember that fear being so overwhelming to me. I get so upset about this kind of stuff. Because part of me is like, how how dare you? You've got this thing that, that God put in place. Here, here's your salvation. Christ came, he died for that. And then these people stand in front of that and say, oh, we're, we're going to add a few extra things. How in the world do you feel that you have the right to add that extra weight onto somebody? And the thing is, there's actually a scripture that talks about adding weight. You know, pr- uh, Jesus actually spoke about it himself in the book of Matthew. And then in the book of Revelation, we've got the verse that talks about if you add one bit to this, or if you take away. And so it gives equal weight to adding to the book and to taking away from the book. And everybody gets so caught up in, you know, everybody's taking away all the standards and they get so concerned about, you know, what's being taken away. And they have no concern at all for adding Yes. No concern at all for adding. And you can sit here. If if we had an holiness person on this call with us, I mean, we've all heard their standard comeback things that they say to all of these things. And it doesn't even make rational sense, the, the things that they'll say, because, again, you can look at it and go, but you're you're OK with the Internet. You know, well, yeah, you know, oh, you know, but and so this does in it does it doesn't even make make any sense at all. The the mental gymnastics that they do to make their own rules applicable in their own head are like gold worthy, like Olympics gold worthy. Those yes. those gymnastics are <laughs> next level, yeah. and it just it, somersaults, you know, like crazy <laughs> to to get where they want to land. And when you're just looking at it rationally, it that doesn't make any sense at all. Right. But to them, 
because they, you, I don't even know. I don't even know exactly. I don't know exactly what they're thinking because honestly, when I was in it, I just remember having a bunch of questions. And so the people who are like so dogmatic about it in my mind, I just keep thinking like, what are you really thinking? Yes. Inside right now. Do you really think that? Do you really believe that? Because I just remember the whole time I was in it, even when I would say certain things in my own head, I was going, that is a load of bull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it just was like the acceptable thing to say. You know, I remember in my own head questioning myself all the time. And so when I hear people are like so dogmatic, I just look at them and I think, but what do you really think? <laughs> No. Yeah, I, I do have to wonder about that sometimes, you know, whenever you're just off by yourself, do they do they actually have these same questions? Right. Because because I know that I did, you know, and I've, and everybody that I've talked to who has come out of it has said that they did. Yeah. It's so crazy. What are they really thinking? That would be interesting to know. So the purpose for us talking about this, I, I want to put out there. If you're struggling because you've had the misfortune of living through something um, along these lines, and you're trying to find out where you stand with God, and, and you're trying to figure out if you can live a Christian life or not. Don't let this stuff weigh you down, because if you come out of the CHM, you're still you're going to have these questions. You've got to resolve these in your head. I had to resolve them. I'm sure Tracy, you you had to figure it out as well. Yeah. We're just trying to give you a little bit of a boost and say, hey, don't worry about this. This is this is not biblical. Well, I- Actually, we're giving you a little bit of a boost and saying you're not the only person who's had these questions. True. Because when you're in it, I know when I was in it, I felt like I was alone in it, that I was the only person who was thinking that way and feeling that way. Is there anybody else who was thinking that this is a little crazy, that this doesn't make sense? <laughs> yes. So, no, there's like so many other people who are feeling that way. So you don't need to feel alone in it, number one. And number two, just to to back up, you know what you said that, you know, don't let these things hold you back. If you're, don't stay in something, don't stay in something that doesn't make sense to you in your own head. Yes. It's just, God is, is not the author of confusion. He isn't. And if you have to jump through a whole lot of loopholes to get to a conclusion, it's just... It's wrong. It's wrong. If you have to jump through, scripture is clear. There's not, you don't have to like go around 55 corners to get to wherever you need to land. God's word is trustworthy. And if there are things that aren't explicit in God's word, like do not watch television, then we use biblical principles to apply to television. Okay, so what are biblical principles? Well, we don't do things that are going to create lust in ourselves, for instance. Okay, so that means when when television is involved, I'm not going to be watching anything that creates lustful thought. You know, like you apply biblical principles to the situation in the same way that we do with reading. You know, okay, so some reading could stir up lust. So I'm going to stay away from that reading and I'm going to do the good reading. Exactly. The same thing with the TV, you know, like yep. it's, it, it works across the board. We can apply biblical principles in every scenario. It's not just certain scenarios that 
you know, we have to whip them out. They can, they work in every situation, even when you got a TV in your house, they still work. And the Holy Spirit is still trustworthy. When you have a TV in your house, he still tells you what to watch and not watch to watch, just like he does with the internet. Uh, it's shocking. But in the same way that you feel convicted when you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing on the internet, and you all know what I'm talking about, if you've done it, <laughs> if you have done it, then you know in that same way. He speaks to you when you've got a television and says, don't do this, don't do that. And if you choose not to have television, more power to you. Absolutely. Kudos, applause, bending my self over at the waist, bowing to you repeatedly, um, all of that. It's perfectly fine. Don't go around telling everybody else they're, having, they're committing sin if they have one. Just say, I choose not to have one. The end. So we shouldn't make this a matter of salvation, a matter of, and we shouldn't, all of the little things that were sprinkled throughout that, that message of, isn't this so reasonable, you know, implying that you're not reasonable if you don't see it that way. Any sincere Christian would come to this in- conclusion saying, you're not a sincere Christian if you don't come to that. All of that stuff just needs to be, that language just needs to be taken away. Yes, Just it say, does. I don't choose, I, I choose to not have that. The end. And then just talk about principles. Let's teach Biblical principles. Let's make scripture great again. That's my new motto. <laughs> I love I that. Am. Let's make scripture great again. I mean, like we can we can depend on God's word and the things that it then it says, and it applies to every situation, every situation. And if you follow God's word, you're going to be okay. And so, if you're one of those people who are thinking this this doesn't make sense, it's not rational. You're right; it doesn't make sense. But God's word does make sense, and you can apply His principles in every single situation. I like what you just said there, Tracy, because one of the things that you will have to reckon with um, more than likely is the slippery slope fallacy. And people will say, um, "Well, if we let up here, then where does it stop?" And, and just to echo what Tracy has said. Where the scripture says that it stops. That's exactly where you get exactly. your roadmap from. It stops exactly where scripture says it stops. And let me tell you something. If there's a slippery slope, you know, that hill, it's got two sides on it, right? Yes, it there does. There's never any one-sided hill that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. They all have two sides. So if you can be sliding down into worldliness, you can slide down into legalism. Yes, you can. And so that you can you can just maneuver yourself and keep doing mental gymnastics until you have got yourself jumping through 500 million hoops um, before you even leave your house in the morning to, you know, to, to go about your day because I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do like you can you can legalize yourself right into all kinds. So that, that slippery slope goes both ways. And if we're not aware of that, if we don't have understanding of that, then we're not being intellectually honest. We're, we're just not. We're not being honest. That's correct. Tracy, this has been really good. You, you did a mighty fine job being a co-host for this evening. I, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you and I talked about this earlier because we had just talked about several different ways that we could do this because we didn't want this to become about the minister and we didn't want this to come about the, a particular church denomination or anything. We wanted it to become about content, the things that we're actually hearing from CHM yes. pulpits that can be so... Um, just so distracting when you look at it from the perspective of, you know, they're just so focused in on this one issue that 
totally makes no sense when you lay it, when you put it out on paper uh, with all of these other issues, with reading, with the internet, with, you know, all these other things. And, you know, we, it, we can, we're fine playing Candy Crush for two hours and, and, and that being a time waster, we're not going to preach against that. I haven't heard any preacher preach against Candy Crush yet. <laughs> Me neither. Um, but we, but then we'll preach against television because it's a time waster. And so why can't we just say, don't waste your time? Like, why can't we say that? Why do we have to get down into the weeds of these things and say this specific thing is wrong? Because at the end of the day, it ends up, in my opinion, just making us look incredibly foolish when you have something that is the exact same thing that mirrors it. Internet and television mirror each other now. They do. It, yes. it is the same thing. And you're saying the one thing is okay. Because you can put guardrails on it. I can put guardrails on my internet. You can do the exact same thing with your television. And, and just, so it just makes us look stupid. It just makes the church look stupid. It sure does. And, and, when we, and when we spend entire messages talking about this, when there's so many other things that are going on that people need to hear. And it just would have been so... To me, the television was distracting from that whole message. Like if he would have just talked about the principles... It would have been so much more effective because all they got caught up in was the television is wrong. They yeah. didn't get the principle of don't waste time. They didn't get the principle of putting guardrails up in your heart. They didn't get the principle of listening to the voice of the spirit. All they really got was don't have a television. Yes. And so it distracted actually from the truth of God's word. It just got in the way of it. Yes, it did. There's just a lot of stuff that's that's being said that isn't healthy when you step back and look so at it. Much, and so much. Fortunately for me, I've had the ability to step back and um and and have been back for a little bit. And it seems like kind of like the more you've been out of it, the more that you see that you're like, Ooh, that's not right. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not right either. Yeah, we talked about <laughs> Ooh, that that's earlier. A little bit crazy. Absolutely. And so kind of the more you the more you're out of it, the more you kind of see that kind of stuff. And when people are feeling that and sensing that, I guess that's the other thing that I want to hit on hit on because I know that your your audience is kind of broad right now, is that if you're feeling that, um it's not just you. <laughs> like you're not, it is not you don't be having that, don't be having that. This is just me thought. You're definitely <laughs> it, not alone. No, you're not alone. And again, like we can trust God and his word and it applies to every single situation. We don't have to single out. Tracy, either the scriptures are enough or they're not. Exactly. If if they're not, then we got a lot bigger issues to worry about, don't we? Yeah. And either the Holy Spirit and the the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life is enough or Mm -hmm. it isn't. Yep. And I just feel like Oh my goodness. I just want to trust people to hear the voice of God and to follow the voice of God. And I want to believe that over them and I want to pray that over them. And I don't want to get down into the weeds about those kinds of things when there's so many other things, you know, like looking at some, you've got a television, you know, you're not a sincere Christian. (laughs) You're (laughs) like, oh my goodness, there's just so many other things. And I just, I just say over and over and over again, we can trust God. God is trustworthy. And it's actually my most favorite characteristic about him. We can trust him. His word is trustworthy. His spirit, the voice of the spirit is trustworthy. And we can 
follow it. And even if we get a little bit off track, just like, for instance, you know, the guy walked into the show at SeaWorld, right? So maybe he got a little bit off track right there. But the the voice of the Spirit spoke to him, and he listened. And he left the show, and he went about the rest of his day and had a great day. And so that's this whole thing right here. Even if you get a little bit off track right here. If the spirit speaks and you listen, you just get back on track and keep going. Yep. And back up on um, the horse. Yeah, you just you just keep going from there. And so it's it, he's trustworthy. It 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 is my favorite thing about him. And somebody who had extreme trust issues because of um, sexual and emotional and spiritual abuse. Um, trusting was not easy for me, and so hmm. that trust um, was hard earned. But God definitely earned my trust for sure. And he has it 100%. Yep. And also, if you're struggling with trying to figure out, I've, I've read some of y'all's messages. Some of you all are trying to figure out, can I do this? Absolutely, you can. He will, he will guide you through the entire thing. And if I could be a Christian, good Lord. <laughs> You can do it too. (laughs) (laughs) You can absolutely believe that he's going to guide you every single step of the way. And like I said, and just, just know from the very beginning, you're going to make a few missteps. Yes. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) You're going to get back in sync and you're going to keep going. And that's another thing that I think holiness teaching just kind of really messed us up at is because, you know, we felt like, you know, whenever, again, just like if I glance at the TV walking past the the electronic section in Walmart, I've completely lost my salvation. I've got to go back to the altar. I've got to get, re- you know, like oh, there's know. no just getting up from where you where you went. And so that teaching has kind of messed a, a lot of us up, I think. Sure has. Too, because we don't we don't understand the concept of going, oh, God, I am so sorry. I missed it right there. Oh, please forgive me. And then just moving on. We have to have a whole like repentance scenario. We've got to go back and, you know, make amends to 25 people. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, did the person who was walking next to me in Walmart see me glance at the television <laughs> section? Do I need to apologize to them? Like, so we yes. have this, all of this baggage of all of these things that we have to do to be back at right relationship with God. Um, you just literally say, God, I'm sorry. I really missed it right there. And you just keep moving from there. It's, it really is that simple. It it's really just is. that simple. <sighs> yes, it <Me>. is. <laughs> Got to unlearn a lot of stuff. <laughs> Got to unlearn a lot of it. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to hit this button over here. Tracy, it's, this has really been good. I really like it. Been a fantastic, fantastic co-host. And, uh, Hopefully, next time we get you back on, we'll have the rest of the crew as well. Man, me and you just carried this whole thing today by ourselves. Like, carried the whole thing. Yes, it takes very broad shoulders, <laughs> but we carry it. Shoulders are feeling a little heavy. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoop, they're worn out. <laughs> Don't forget, you can write us at hillbillybroadcast at AOL.com. Send us a message on Facebook. Um, we're also on Twitter as well. You can find us there. Go to the Cafe Press store, cafepress.com backslash hillbillybroadcast. The t shirt design contest will be. Uh, come to a conclusion at some point as well. We'll have some stuff up there. But anyways, I love you all and Jesus loves you. And we'll see you next time.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.